Uh, each one of us need to hear your voice today, and I pray you give us a heart to respond in that in a way of obedience and just trusting you. Lord, we just thank you for the many things you're doing here and through this body and pray for somebody here lost today. Uh, Lord, most of all, that they would just see you and they would see how good you are and what you did to save them. They'd, they'd uh, humble themselves at your feet and receive your grace today. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, y'all can be seated. You know, when Jesus was teaching, most of the time at the end of his of his teachings, he would he had to say, and he would say, "He that has an ear, let him hear." Uh, and so he was talking to those who were spiritually awakened. Okay, uh, <clears throat> there are some things in God's word people don't receive. There are some things in God's word God's people don't want to receive. And uh, and this might be one of those teachings because this is absolutely so contrary to number one, it's contrary to our flesh. It's contrary to what we're taught. Uh, in our culture, and, and if you look at Ephesians chapter 5, we've been going through Ephesians, and everything in Ephesians chapter 5, Paul is basically drawing a line in the sand to go, this is what this is what your flesh, this is what the culture says to do, this is the way of the world, but this is God's way, and if you have a new heart, you should walk in God's way and, and let God do what He wants to do with your life, and so when he goes on down through the chapter here, he comes to some things that are... that. You know, they, they might seem difficult. If you're here and you don't know Christ, this will be absolutely, totally difficult to you until you come to know Jesus. And so this morning, I guess what I'm going to say is I'm going to preach and teach to the ones that have an ear. Those of you who have an ear <clears throat> to hear, hope that you hear God's Word. And if you're here and you don't know Christ, I hope you hear God's voice and that you see that, that God is good and He wants to save you and give you life. Um, because, you know, as I studied this this week, one of the things I saw God wants, He gives us guidelines in His Word and He teaches us things not as something that, that He just sets up and makes up rules because He wants us to live by rules. But the Lord, when He created everything, you'll remember in the last verse of uh, Genesis chapter 1, He looked at everything that He created and said, this is very good. When God designed everything, man and woman, all of creation, all of the way that He, he designed creation, He said, it was very good. And, and it was very good until, until man chose to go against God's ways and he sinned against God, broke God's ways because he thought his ways would be better than God. And everything went to chaos and especially man's relationship to God, man's relationship to one another. And, and so here's the thing. When Christ came, he, he came and he said in John chapter 10, I've come that you might have life, that you might have, that you might be born again spiritually. And that you might have it more abundantly. And so he doesn't just want us to have life and to be saved, but he wants us to live out our lives because God's life that he has for you, whether you believe it or not, is really, really good. I mean, I love the life that God uh, has given me since I started following Jesus. Very full, very overflowing life. I'm not trying to paint up a picture of everything's perfect. But even in our trials and our difficulties, God's with us and He brings us through. And, and I, I love the life that God gives us. And I, I wish everybody had that kind of life. And I hope that most everybody here does have that kind of life. And and so that's what Paul's talking about here. He's, 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 he's drawing out the outline of the, if you live by this and you walk with the Lord and you trust God's Word... That God has that kind of life for you and He desires for you to have that kind of life. And you know, here's the thing. He's dealing with, and um, we'll start off, we're going we're gonna to talk about developing a submissive spirit. And he starts off in verse 21 there. Most of us want to jump to 22, especially the men. 
and we want to read this. And this is one of the, the most memorized scriptures that among men today. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. And, and so we look at submission, and we always want to try to gear it towards the woman. And we preach this text uh, dealing with marriage, and it does a lot. But as I studied this, studied this this week, actually, from about verse uh, 21... Where it, where it says in verse 20, it says, giving thanks for all things to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It starts off talking to the church and our relationship to one another in the church. And it says, submitting to one another in the, in the fear of the Lord or out of respect for God. And so he starts off in your relationship with the church. And so all the way through chapter 5 and, and up to verse 9 in chapter 6, God's dealing with the spirit of submission. And so it's not just for the wives, and we, we probably won't even get into the wife part today, um, but we'll get into it next Sunday. But, but here's the thing, each one of us are called to demonstrate a, a spirit of submission, and we'll talk about what that means in a minute, whether it's in our relationship to one another in the church. For wives, it is demonstrating submission, uh, a submissive spirit to the position and the authority that God's given, God-ordained authority in the marriage. For the husbands, how do we show submission? We're submitted to the Lord and loving our wives like Christ loved the church. And so before you can start saying, hey, you know, the Bible says, you know, as a wife, you're supposed to submit to me. The Bible also says, well, as a husband, you're supposed to submit to the Lord and show me the love of Jesus. And then it goes on down in chapter 6 and verse 1, talks about children being submitted to the parents and honoring them. And then it goes into uh, employees, basically use the term slave or servant. But in our day, we, we, would, we would look at that in the term of, of your employees being submitted, having a submissive spirit to your employer. And I believe it's in Colossians, it talks about the employee, employers, how you treat those who work for you, okay? Because you have a Father in heaven that is over you. And so, God is, is basically showing us the, the key people. If you look at this, the, the people that you share your life with, the relationships that you're most involved with, He's saying, this is how you should interact with it, because when you do, then your life is going to be good, and you're going to have a good quality of life, because here's the honest truth. A lot of us look and we gauge our life, whether it's good or not, um, by our, our accomplishments or by the activities we're involved in and those kind of things. Whereas, uh, you know, actually life has very little to do with the activities or your accomplishments or the things you possess. The quality of your life, I promise you this, when you get up in age, and I'm not that old, but I'm old enough to say this, you know, I've learned a lot over the years, not only watching my life and watching other people's, but... But the quality of your life's not gauged by your accomplishments. It's, it's, it's gauged by the people that you share your life with. You know, you can have all kind of stuff and you can do all kind of great things and you get to the end of your life and you look up and you have nobody. You're, you're not going to count your life worth much. <clears throat> and I looked at a, I watched a show this week and it was an older man who had spent his whole life working and he, he invested everything in his life to do with his job, the American dream. And he got to the point in his life where he retired and he left his job and he didn't have any relationship with his daughter. It was not good. And he, he had a bad relationship with his wife and she ended up dying and all these things. And I remember one of the things that it was said at the end of the movie. He said, uh, he said, what movie is this? It's not your business. I'm going to tell you. We have clear play. I don't need you watching that kind of movie if you don't have clear play, okay? And so anyhow, that's not the point. The point is that at the end of the movie, he said, within 10 years, I'll be dead. And 10 years after that, nobody will ever know I existed because I didn't do anything that impacted anybody's life. And he saw his life as worthless. And he was right. 
You know, you can, you can accomplish all these great things and you can provide all these great things. Now, you should provide for your family. But when your job and, and your accomplishments and your activities become your life and who you are, all those things will be very empty when you get up older in life. And they don't mean anything. And here's a cool thing is, it really don't matter what you do or what you accomplish. When you have a life that is full with, with, with people that God has blessed you with, good friendships, good church family, your, your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, when, when that, when that functions in the way that God's designed to function, you'll, you'll get to the end of your life and it don't matter if you're rich or poor or have a little or a lot or if you've done and been in places you hadn't gone on where you look at your life and go, this, this, it's been good. You know, God has given me such a good life, so, you know, it, it, it absolutely seems that relationships is the place where, man, the devil attacks so much. And uh, God's all about relationships. Christianity's all about relationships. And I, I look over the crowd this morning. We got a lot of young people, a lot of young marriages. And uh, if you ever listen to a to a half old man, please listen to me and consider some of the things that I say this morning. <clears throat> because um, I had to learn a lot of things the hard way. Some of the things I did learn by God's Word, and, and that's the best way to learn it. But but when you emphasize um, activities and you go along with that, let me give you some wisdom. It's very difficult to enjoy a day of fishing when you know you got World War III waiting on you when you get home. You know what I'm saying? You know, culture tells you, you know, both men and women, you know, you pursue the activity, pursue the accomplishment. And you know what? If... If your wife or your husband don't like it, you know, they'll get over it. No, they don't get over it. I promise you that. And, and I used to be that. You know, I used to be that kind of person where I go, I don't care if she likes it or not. I'll tell you a quick story. You know, I was all about hunting and fishing back then, especially. And I, I still enjoy it, but I enjoy it the right way now. And But back then it was my life, and it basically it was an idol in my life. And so I just, all the time, you can't imagine how much that I did that. And there's some other guys in here who I actually did it with. You know, Kenneth was a huge stumbling block in my life. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, Kenneth would call, and I'd be like, all right, let's go. I don't care if she likes it or not. And But and my brother was another one. And, and you know, David probably would have been if I knew him much then. And Anyhow, besides all that, um, I remember one time I, I warned my wife. I told her, I said, I just want you to understand before we get married. I hunt, and I, I hunt a lot. She's like, I, I know you do. You do the whole time we was dating. I wasn't one of those guys that, that skipped out on hunting to date. You know, I told her I'll pick you up when I get out of the deer stand. But so I was f- stupid and fanatical about it. Hunting all the time, shooting bows all the time, bow tournaments and, and that kind of stuff. And so, you know, when we got married, just all the time gone, you know, and, and chasing after that. I mean, every, I'm not talking about Saturdays, weekend warriors. I was a daily warrior and every day hunting, every day when I get off work, I wouldn't even come home, wouldn't call, we didn't have cell phones then. Get home no time, whatever. Anyhow, so after we got married in August, made it through that first deer season, January 1 hits and I'm on the water. And I remember me and my brother stayed up one night and it caused a lot of problems in both of our marriages and, and, uh, we stayed out on, we was fishing on Saltworks Lake out here, and we, we just happened, we started catching fish, and when you catch fish, you don't go home. You know, the only thing home is a wife who's fixing to nag you. And we stayed out there till about one o'clock in the morning, wasn't it? It was late. Boy, we had an awesome fishing trip, and, uh, and I got home that night, and she's sitting up on the couch, you know, I didn't call her and tell her where I was or nothing. And she's sitting up on the couch, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't know what she thinks is fixing to happen here. So she looks at me and I, she starts, she said, where have you been? You know, here we go. We, understand, I wasn't a pastor then, okay? <clears throat> where have you been? And uh, I said, I've been fishing. She said, it's one o'clock in the morning. I said, yeah, we was catching a lot of fish. And she was like, 
I said, I, you know, and she started crying. We started getting into it. I said, look, I told you that I hunted a lot. She said, I know that you hunted, but I didn't know you fished too. <laughs> and, uh, and we, boy, it went south from there. And, I, and, he, and honestly, I handled it the very wrong way. At that point in time, she said, I, I got mad. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you right now. He's coming back by 5 in the morning. I'm getting up and going again. She said, no, no, you're not. And it didn't go well after that. And, and I told her, you know, I got one mama and I, didn't, I don't need another one. You ain't telling me nothing. And I got up the next morning at 5 and I went on my way. So you can imagine what we dealt with there for the next few days or years or whatever. <laughs> how long it took to get past that. But that was my attitude. Another thing, you know, as ladies, you can't enjoy what you purchase if you're always waiting to get a lecture when you get home on the finances. Listen to me, man. I'm gonna, I might hack some of you off, but, but, you know, if the wife can't enjoy that or if you gotta give an account for every penny that's spent and is always focused on those kind of things. And so many times we get focused on things and we're not worried about the relationship. A, a Sealy Poshapiti mattress is no good when you're sleeping with the enemy. You understand what I'm saying? And so many times we get things out of order in life and, and if you just come back to a place to realize what I finally took a whole lot for me to realize is that relationships are far supersede the things that we do. And for Christmas, my mom-in-law um, got marked kids a, a go-kart and uh, we got a big window in the front of our house where I can see out front and so uh, she got him a go-kart and they was there riding around out in the front of the house in the field and I could hear all that stuff in there in a minute I stopped hearing it so I looked outside and they're all kind of gathered around her and Martin looking at this go-kart and, and I'm sitting there thinking none of them can fix it and I probably can't fix it either but I'm gonna go out there and show them that I can and so I went outside and I got my tools and I walked out there market it was only it's a pool start so you know I don't like the he's pulling on it pulling on it and I'm trying to save him from using foul language so I go out and and uh, I get to looking at it and I'm not a mechanic and I'll do what I think I need to do and I pull on a little bit and I finally had to look at my mom and I said you need to get somebody over here to fix this because I'm fixing to lose my temper and I'm gonna say all kind of ugly stuff and so, uh, long story short, all it was was, you know, when you buy something new, they don't always put a lot of oil in it. So you just need to fill it all the rest of the way up with oil, and it cranked and it run beautifully. And here's the thing. Uh, developing a, a, a submissive spirit is what God uses to make your relationship run like a well-oiled machine. And so many people, their, their lives are like that. It's broken down, broken relationships, struggling, sparks flying, things grinding, you know, in the marriage. Or, or maybe it's not just the marriage. Maybe it's sometimes in church relationships or friend relationships or family or between a, 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 a parents and a, and, a, and, a, and a child. And so, you know, you got to back up and you got to look and go, sometimes, I, I, all the time, I have to figure out my way isn't working. My way's not going to make where I can't impose something in a relationship. That's what most times we want to do. We want to impose our way and our things into this relationship. And we want to mold that person into what our plan and our will is. And it's not going to work. And you remember what, when Jesus was talking about divorce there, He gave us the reason why there are so many divorces. He said, for the hardness of your heart. And that's what causes division in any relationship is, is my pride and arrogance and the hardness of my heart and the hardness of my head and thinking that I'm going to do things my way. And so when we look at these relationships here, I do want to point out, and for time's sake I won't go through all of them, but when he starts off in verse uh, 21, he says, Therefore, uh, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord or out of respect for God there, he's talking about a church relationship. And understand this, if you're a born-again believer... 
and you're a part of this church or whatever church God leads you to that you're a part of, that is going to become, and it should become, outside of your immediate family, the most important relationships of your life. If you don't have that, you're not interacting with your church the way that God intended for the church to function. The church, absolutely everybody here is my family. We function as a family. The things we do, we do together with our church family outside of our immediate family. Church is just not a place you go to on Sunday where you do some singing and hear a message. That's called a ceremony. Okay? A church family is one that should be linked together by the love of Jesus and a common faith and a love for one another. And then he goes on down through the ones that I already talked about. And so he talks about developing a submissive spirit. And over the next couple of weeks we'll go over this. But, but I want you to understand this. Submission. When we say submission, the idea most of us get is like when you're watching you know, the UFC and they put them in a hold and next thing you know they're tapping out. That's not what submission is when the Bible talks about it. It actually talks about it's a term used in, in military rank. It's dealing with rank and God-ordained authority. Not authority that you assume, not authority that you domineer and gain you know, through a fight where your wife or, or your friend taps out, but it's, a, but it's an authority that God has established. It's an order because everything has to have order if it's going to work in the right way I've already lost a bunch of you you're like I ain't submitting to nothing whatever alright I'm going to tap you out today here we go I'm going to preach for three hours and I'll tap out but but let me give you the, the, what this means submission also means to obey to respect to bow down and what it is it's a demonstration of humility basically in the simplest form submission is I have an humble spirit when the Bible says you know I'm supposed to submit to you and you're submitted to me as a church body that means that in my dealings with you and in your dealings with me and one another we should always have an humble spirit towards one another and that we should strive for peace and work together for one and that that nobody's exalted over another person. You're not better, you're not higher, you're not greater. And I realize that there are order as far as positions in the church and I'm accountable to things greater than you are and, and people who hold positions are greater. But I'm talking about relationally wise. Relationally wise, we're all on equal grounds. There's nobody who's super spiritual and somebody who's not or somebody who has more Jesus than this person doesn't. No matter what your past is, you know, I've been saved for 50 years, you've been saved for five, don't matter. Because in Christ we're all the same. And we ought to humble ourselves and treat each other with absolute love and respect towards one another. And if churches would do that, we would have about two or three Baptist churches in town rather than two or three hundred. And most of the reason that churches divorce is because of the hardness of our heart. But I want you to look real quick in... <clears throat> in verse 21 and 22, and I'm going to get you to look somewhere else, okay? In verse 21... Where it says, uh, 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 submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of the Lord, wives submit to your own husband. And notice what it says, as to the Lord. There's two, there's two phrases there where he says, and the, and the first one is, as unto the Lord or in the fear of God. That word fear of God means out of a reverence or a respect for God. And then it says, wives submit to your own husbands. How or why? As unto the Lord. And so developing a submissive spirit has to begin with submitting to the Lord. Because here's the thing, if you're not submitted to the Lord, you sure ain't going to submit to anybody else. If He's not the Lord of your life, then why in the world would you do what God's Word says? If we're not submitted to Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and listen to me, that's what salvation is. Salvation is not a 
scared feeling or you know ooey gooey emotion where you go forward and you say some words salvation is coming to the knowledge of your sin recognizing that you're a lost sinner that you're subject to the wrath of God because of that sin and 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 putting yourself in a position to receive the grace of God submitting to the way that God has given us for salvation that means by faith in Christ and Christ alone and we recognize Jesus as Lord that He's the Lord of your life, that His Word is absolute authority. You say, because that's how heart transformation comes in our life. You know, Christians, believe it or not, they live by God's Word. Or we strive to. If you're here today and go, I'm a Christian, but but I don't strive to live by God's Word, and I don't look at God's Word as authority in my life, and I don't always ask Jesus what He wants, then you're probably not a Christian. If you want to know the truth, now you might be an American Christian where, you know, the big teddy bear in the sky patted you on your crying back one day, but I'm talking about a biblically born again, say, believer recognizes Jesus as the Lord of my life. His ways are greater than my ways. His ways are right even if I don't like them or agree with them. And that I'm subject and I have submitted to Him. Let me give you a quick verse out of Romans chapter 10. You stay where you are. You know, the Jews, their problem is they was always looking to the law as their righteousness. Living by a set of rules, living by the law, you know, the, the, the Ten Commandments and all the sacrificial things as trying to make them right with God. And here's what Paul said about that. He said in verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God is for Israel that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness, seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law of righteousness for righteousness to everyone who believes. See, they have their own way. They're like, I'm not bowing to Jesus as the Messiah. Well, lost people don't recognize Jesus as the Lord, as He's my King, as He's my Master. I'm His slave. I'm His servant. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. God's Word is right and my way is wrong. And we, we, but when we come to that knowledge and we submit, we bow to Him as the, Jesus, your Lord. You're my Savior. I'm trusting you, resting in what you've done for me and my salvation. That is submitting to God and what He has established as the way of salvation. And God saves your soul, gives you a new heart, writes His Word upon your heart. He gives you a desire to walk in and follow that. And all of a sudden, when you start living by God's Word, you want to change in your relationships. You want your marriage to be better. You want a life that is good and abundant. Start looking at the way God has designed it to work, okay? Quit doing your own pull start, put some oil in it, you'll start cruising along the way it's meant to be. And your marriage, your relationship gets good and God can heal it. And your relationship with your parents and your kids get good. And your relationship with your employees and your employees and your friends and your family and your church members, you know, fellowship, all those things, all of a sudden they start getting good because we're all on the same page. If you ain't on the same page, it ain't happening. And it ain't working. And so when we look at submission concerning that, the opposite of, of, of submission is to be prideful. We do what we do out of a respect and honor for the Lord, and we pursue that spirit. If you're here today, you go, I don't care about submission. You might as well get up and go to Kentucky Fried Chicken because you're wasting your time being here. But I'm talking to the ones who go, I want peace, and I want a good you know, relationship with my family and my friends and in life and with the Lord. Then you have to submit yourself to the Lord because you remember... That, that Satan, when Satan fell, he was not submitted to God. His desire out of a prideful arrogance was to overrule. 
You know, that's why nations are divided because they're not submitted to their leaders. They want to overrule. They want to, to rebel. And that's what Satan did. It, it, it is a rebellious, authoritative, domineering spirit. And there's a lot of people who demonstrate that, a controlling spirit, where they'll take in, in order to fix relationships, they want to try to overrule and dominate and they want to manipulate and they want to use fear tactics because they're trying to impose what they want out of their own heart upon these other people. And you remember Satan, he wasn't about submission bowing down to God for who he was and recognizing who the Lord was. He said, I will ascend above the heavens. I will ascend above the throne of God. He wanted to promote himself, exalt himself. He wanted to be greater than God. And that's what pride is. And if you're here today and go, you know, maybe, maybe you're a wife and you're like, man, you go along with the women's lib junk. And that's what it is. It's junk. You know, your wife and you go, I'm, I ain't submitting to my husband. I, I'm not respecting him. It's called pride. And that's the greatest demonstration of a satanic spirit that you can demonstrate. And if you're a husband, you go like, I ain't, I ain't loving my wife like, like Jesus. I won't be a servant to her. I'm not going to be patient and kind towards her when she's acting, you know, crazy and goofy. I'm not going to be forgiving and gracious towards her. I'm not going to wash her feet. I'm not going to do things that help her when she's not treating me in the right way. Isn't that the way Jesus loved us? I will not crucify myself and die to what I want for her life and for her good. I'm not doing that. It's because you're prideful. And when we have that pride, what we're, we're acting just like the devil acted and you're going to get just what he got. And so the way to life is not ascending, but the way to life is descending. You know, it goes against everything in us, and it goes against everything in, in, in our flesh and in this culture. I want you to look at the last scripture, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5. I told you this would be a difficult one. All y'all are quiet. Very few amens other than my wife. Thank you for your submission, baby. That's awesome. <clears throat> if y'all leave mad, you'll get over it by next week. Most of you forget my message by Monday anyhow. You know, I'm kidding. First Peter 5. First Peter chapter 5. This is just not one of them cuddly messages where you dress up and go through it. This is just one where you got to look at God's Word and let it hit you where it hits you, right between the eyes, all right? <clears throat> but I would challenge you on this. If you're not willing to submit to God, submit to His Word, submit to the people in your life, I guarantee you, you're having havoc. Guarantee you that. You're one of those who are in havoc. First Peter 5, 5, I know everybody here, y'all some submitting folks anyhow, I'm just preaching to the choir today, right? No problems, no problems. Amen. <laughs> Verse 5, notice this, likewise you younger people, this goes against younger people, submit yourself to your elders. This is some of the stuff y'all going to have to chew on later. Yes, all of you be submissive to another. There it goes, Peter saying, Again, the church, talk to the church, be submissive one to another. Notice what he says, and be clothed with humility. You want good, strong relationships, it takes humility. You know why? Because it says right here, God resists the proud. And then I want you to see this, because most people look at submission as bowing down and being less than. And, you know, if I bow, if I submit to my husband, then that makes him think he's better than me, he's smarter than me, he can do more than me. And, and all that stuff. It has nothing to do with that whatsoever. And we get the idea, you know, God wants me to bow because He just wants to keep me down. He wants to make me out to be a nothing and a slave. It says right here why God wants you to submit. Because God gives grace to the humble. 
You know what grace is? God's favor. You know what makes my life so good? God's favor. You know what makes my marriage so great? God's favor. God's grace in your life in every area of life. And that's why Paul goes through and he said, not just, you know, not just in your home, not with your husband and wife, but, but even in your job. You want, who, who's the boss going to pick to exalt and to move up and to promote? It's not going to be the moron that's talking about him behind his back and Facebooking and, and sitting and hiding and not doing his job. It's the one who, because he respects the Lord, gives his very best. Alright? And all of a sudden, when they're looking for, even the world is looking for somebody with God's favor. That's the story of Joseph and his life. Same thing with Jesus. You want to talk about submission? Jesus, who was God in the flesh, in Philippians chapter 2 says, that he didn't count it basically wrong to consider himself equal with God. He was God, yet he humbled himself. He submitted to the, to God's, the Father's plan for his life, even the cross, the death of the cross. He submitted to all of those things for my good, for my benefit. That's what grace is. And here's the awesome thing about submission. Whether it's for the wife, the husband, church member, employee, employer, the child, whatever. I know that there are some husbands who really don't deserve, because of the way they act, submission. There are some employers who I would rather punch in the face than submit to. And there are some parents who treat their kids like dogs. But, when I humble myself, and I submit to them because God has ordained their position of authority, what I do is I position my heart. My heart is not hardened and closed and going by what I think but I'm bowing down to go, God, I'm going to trust you. And I'm going to submit to this person, not because they deserve it necessarily, but as unto the Lord, because you, you... And what I do is, I open my heart and my life up to God's grace and His favor in which he's, He begins to work and He pours out. And I don't see what I can cause or do in a relationship. I now have just invited Jesus to take full control. Bowing down means, I'm going to let you have control of my wife. I'm going to let you have control of my husband. I'm going to let you have control of the things in my church. I'm going to let you have control of my job and everything going, God, I'm going to submit to you even though this doesn't make sense, even though my flesh wants to flash like a gas fire, even though I want to harden my heart and all these things, God, because you are the Lord of my life, I'm going to bow down and God goes, and I'm fixing to pour out grace in your life. It works. If you hadn't tried it, then then you don't understand it. But most of us want to try to gain control rather than we want to give control. And I, I, I can I, I know this for a fact. If you're here today and your marriage is, is struggling or you have any kind of relationship in your life that's struggling, even with the Lord, see, religion, religion is gaining control. We even want to manipulate God. Nobody wants to go to hell. And so what we want to do, we are, I don't want to bow and say, I'm going to live by God's Word. I don't want God telling me what I'm going to do, what's right and wrong in my life. But I do want to go to heaven. So what I will do, I will go to church. I will pray some. I will sing some. I will give a dollar. I will, you know, do all these great things so that I can manipulate God into going, see, God, I was a good person. I did things for you. I did things that honored you. And we try to, basically, we're trying to impose what we want upon the God of glory. God's like, that's not the way it works. That's what you're hoping for. If you're thinking you're going to stand before the Lord one day when you die and go, you know, God, I did this and I did that. And so therefore, you owe me the right to come into heaven because I've, I've worked myself out of, you know, my right to go to hell. Really didn't think I ever need to go to hell to start with because I wasn't that bad a person. 
I can tell you exactly what you're going to hear. God's already warned you and written it in Matthew chapter 7. Verse 21, I think it is, He said, And there will be many in that day who say, Lord, Lord. They said it with their mouth, but their heart never submitted to God. Their life was never submitted to the authority of God. And I, Lord, Lord, didn't we do great and mighty things in Your name? Didn't we prophesy or preach? We cast out devils. We did all these great things. Shouldn't you... Be obliged to let me in. You know what the Lord's response is? Depart from me, you worker of iniquity or lawlessness. Depart from me, the one who rebels against my authority and my word, for I never knew you. And so when you're here today, if you wrestle with submitting to other people, then you need to really ask yourself, have I submitted to Jesus as the Lord of my life? Have I submitted to the authority of God's word in my life? Have I given control rather than trying... To gain control. Because I guarantee you this, if you've given control, God's already began to work and your relationships are going to start running like a well-oiled machine. And if they ain't, it's just as simple as that. One of the most difficult things, one of the most simplest things. And so my question for you today is, are you submitted to Jesus? Have you given your heart and your life over to the Lord, not in word, but in spirit, to where you've come to the place to go, I'm going to bow. I'm going to bow not just in my knees and my body, but in my mind and my will because I believe that Jesus is the Lord and the Savior. I believe His Word is true. Because understand this. This is a scary thing. In Romans it says that the carnal mind, the unregenerated heart, the unsaved man, is not subject, not submitted to the law of God. Neither can he be. For he is an enemy against God. And so, no matter what your experience has been, I'm asking you to look at your own heart and your life to go, all right, is Jesus Lord? And if you can honestly say, I, I live by, I strive to live by God's Word. I believe its way. I know His way is good. And even when my flesh wants to war against me and rise my pride up, it might do it. But after a little bit there, I bow to God because He is the Lord. And if you do that, then you've, you've got the power of life within you to go, listen to me, there's no relationship that can't be healed. I look all over this crowd, and there's marriages that was awful, starting on mine. And not just mine. There's a bunch of people who stand up and go, at one point in time, we were this far past splitting up. You know? And all of a sudden, when we submitted to the Lord's way, and we started loving and living by God's Word, God healed our marriage. It's all over this church body this morning. People who could say, and our marriage is good, thanks to Jesus. Our marriage is good, thanks to What was it that caused problems in your marriage? We were doing things our way. That'll be the number one answer. We were doing things our way. And man, I, I want so bad for y'all to have an awesome life and an awesome relationship with the people that you share your life with. And that's very possible. And it starts with the foundation of are you submitted to Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life? And if you're not, why not bow today? Why not submit your life to Jesus today? Will you stand with your head bowed and your eyes closed? <coughs> Let's have a word of prayer.